Huzzah. I feel like you're supposed to end that with a yeah, yeah, Cleveland. Welcome yeah. to a new episode of Stuck at Home <laughs> with me, Cliff Dorfman, and on drums, this guy. <laughs> Did you see that? I just made my whole face fuzzy. <laughs> Jason Smith. Representing. How are you, Cliff Dorfman? I'm, I'm absolutely fantastic, Jason. How well, are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I just want to welcome everybody to the show. Yes. Stuck at Home, where we talk about shows we love and we want you to love. And we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what's streaming, where to stream it, et cetera. Et cetera. So uh, Cliff yes. Herd Dorfman. Yes, Jason. What have you, you been watching? What are you stuck at home Smitty. with? What are you, what are you? I've been watching a few things, really. I, I, I watched, um, I, I watched uh, what did I watch? I watched this BG, the BG's documentary that Frank Marshall did, which is superb on HBO Max. Okay. BG's, huh? Well, I got- and it's funny because I, I, you know, I, I want to say this about the beach. The Bee Gees, mm-hmm. the, the, the heebie-jeebies. Yep. Um, um, and I also just want to let you know that I, I lost the, the screen, but I can hear you, so that's good. You're just going to have to pretend that I'm looking at you right now. Oh, um, I'm not there anymore video-wise? No, you're there. I, uh, I just moved it off my, uh, my screen, and I'll have All to right. fix that here that's in a second, fine. but I don't want to break fine. my computer. Um, <laughs> So the thing about the Bee Gees is they sing disco music and all that stuff. And I thought they were like a bunch of like little pansies. They're not. They're toughs. They're toughs. They're toughs. They just happen to sing sweet, sweet songs. Yeah, but they don't sing. Okay, so you got to watch the documentary. That's one of the most fascinating things about it is that they're not disco at all. It's like they just figured out like they've had four or five careers. And Uh in one of their careers, they figured out that Barry could sing falsetto like, And it was like, oh, let's write all this stuff for falsetto. Nancy, what's up? Happy Monday. Um, yeah, so what's up, Nancy? <laughs> and then what's up, what's up with falsetto? That's what they did. They're like, what's up with that falsetto, Barry? And then they started writing stuff for it, and that turned into disco. It fell into the dance craze. And, you know, they created Saturday Night Fever. It was uh, uh, Robert Stig- Stigwood's idea. Oh. This is a fascinating documentary, all connected to the Beatles. Really, really, really interesting. Frank Marshall did a wonderful job. And I started watching Wild on oh. Amazon Prime. What's Wild? It's that uh, Lost with the uh, teenage girls. Okay. No, you know, I've, kind I've, I've of. I've never even heard of it. Crashed on the island. But then, you know, there's the, spoiler alert, there's the nefarious twist of, like, they're watching them with impossible cameras on the deserted island. Got like, it. you know, it's like all part of, it's like imagine if a bunch of girls got sent to a retreat, but now the fake, maybe the plane crash is even fake and they just pretended and they washed them up on the island. And now they're having to live there and it's just watchable. Okay. Is this the one with Faye Peters? Is this the one that's, uh... Uh, you know me with names. Who is she? Right. The young I don't girl? know. The main backdrop to the here's what I'm gonna read. The main backdrop to the wild is a stretch of land that is home to a five star game lodge, presenting the opportunity to make the best of a breaking beauty in the African wild. That's Hell not it. No, okay. no, this should be wilds. I think on, or wilds. Uh, yeah, on a, Amazon Prime. Got it. Did I not say Amazon Prime? No, no you, it's not you. It's 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 me. I just checking. It's on possibly me, by the way. Okay. And, and this is what. Do you see what I'm talking about? Teenage girls from radically different backgrounds find themselves stranded on a remote island, unaware they become the subjects of an elaborate social experiment. Right. There you go. And it's like they're trying to do the Truman Show, but like they're on this island that's Survivor. And the fact is they'd never be these cameras that are just floating in the air. These cameras are literally floating in the air. How would they, where would the drone be? Like, And the people wouldn't be like, oh, there's a drone. We're on an island, but what the, there's a drone. It's just like, you know, but I don't know where this thing initially came from but it was you know it's it's um uh, it's just like and i feel like that's what we're going to get with all the streaming stuff right it's like this is it everything's moved towards this there's long form there's short form and you're going to get 
some of this, you know, eh. Stuff. It could, I mean, we, we, we've been getting F for so long. We get a lot of, we've been kind of blessed with a lot of good and a mm-hmm. lot of really good and great. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're just going to get an eh. But that's the beauty of having so much television. Speaking of, all that's right. That's why I was talking about it. So nice segue. So buddy. much, uh. Uh, and there, I, I don't even think this is, uh, I think this is, uh, good. Like, yeah. oh, we feel so good. Uh, that kind of good. Oh, uh, yeah. Disney, Disney had like their big stockholder event on Thursday last week, I think, or Friday, whatever it was. And all of a sudden they just like a million things. They've announced a million things. And, uh, I tried to break all this down myself and try to go through it all. And I think I still missed like two or three things. So, uh, we called up our buddy, Alex. Alex Alban from uh, who's a co-editor, managing of editor of the Decider. He's going to help us break down all this stuff, but because there, there's so many answers, it's not just like, oh, I tried to break down just the Marvel announcements. That's a million things, and then there's Star Wars announcements, and there's regular Disney announcements, and you know, Buzz Lightyear's got his own thing going on. It's crazy. Yeah, this is they're 21 to 23 now. They really plop down the uh, proverbial Amex black card on the investor's table, like, blam, this is what we got. So should yeah, we, without further ado, should we bring on the managing editor uh, editor of Decider? Yes. Yes. Alex the answer Alvin? is yes. A million times yes, Cliff Dorfman. Alex Let's Alvin, do it. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hey. Wow. Thank you. Applause. Back. Thank buddy, you so much. We love having you. Oh, no, that's great. I love it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just to clarify, it is decider.com. No, the, but I'm not going to disagree with you at the same time. <laughs> the decider. Sorry. The decider. What's up? Welcome back to the show, Alex. And I, we're excited. We should just rip into this because we, if we spent the entire show talking to yeah. you about these announcements, we wouldn't have enough time. They they spent four hours on this investor call and they didn't have enough time. It, it was nonstop. It was... Uh, you know, it, they put these things up publicly uh, so anybody can jump in and watch them. There are some things, some videos that they showed off were for investors only. So we didn't get to see anything publicly. Even if you're press, you didn't necessarily get like that that extra special link where it's like, oh, yeah, you paid $10,000 to Disney. But even <laughs> in that, watching all of that, it was maybe this is my perspective as somebody who is working with two incredible writers at Decider who are writing all this stuff up, but it was grueling. It was just, it was too much all at once. It felt like, uh, I was describing it to somebody later, it felt like uh, probably six different Hall H panels at San Diego Comic-Con with no break in half the time. Jesus. Yeah, they it felt like they they threw it all the way out of there so Mm -hmm. they could have plausible diagnosis deniability later you've got so much stuff in your brain was like hey um when's that obi-wan show you said you were going to put out coming out well, we never said that one like mm-hmm. yeah they yeah, tried to make it like a user agreement just, yeah. just put enough out there that everything merges together <laughs> no well, I, I mean i think thing. a lot of it was kind of this fire hose of content that we have right now right like nothing as we all know and basically nothing has really come out this year because everything's been put on hold particularly a lot of marvel stuff a lot of star wars stuff even the disney live action and animated stuff so it's like they had their finger on the hose the entire year and then they hit december 10th they're like well time to let go and it just sprayed everywhere that was gross and i should have used a different <laughs> metaphor i didn't mind it <laughs> you can see what jason's doing i'm not going to mm-hmm. explain it if you can't um all right so where do you, where do you want to start? First of all, you were on the call, right? You watched this whole thing, right? I watched the whole thing, all four hours. It was the first night of Hanukkah. My kids were like lighting candles to the side and making latkes and everything, just looking over at them. There's one point about three hours into the call, Disney was like, oh, happy Hanukkah, by the way. And I was like, thanks a lot. 
Disney. But yeah, did the, the, the oil last the entire call? Is the question. <laughs> yeah, we actually got an extra night of Hanukkah. <laughs> did you see what happened there, Jason? Okay, so where do where do we even really begin with this? So why don't you tell me? Because we can start at Star Wars, or you can start at Marvel, but. Let's well, I think those are, you know, they built the present, despite me slamming it right up top, they built the presentation really nicely. They knew what people wanted to see. Um, and, and they kind of, uh, they put Star Wars first because they had some big stuff there uh, and they had some exciting stuff for Star Wars fans. But really they knew that, okay, you're going to get them with Star Wars. You know, this is going to be a big announcement. Then in the middle, we have all the Disney live action and animated stuff, as well as Pixar. There was some really interesting stuff there, fun stuff for fans. There were things that I was very excited about, and I think you're going to meet a lot for people. But it, it wasn't the same level. They didn't have a lot of dates necessarily for anything there. But they knew the thing that everybody was waiting to see was Marvel. And Marvel, at the end of the uh, presentation, if you want to start there, did not disappoint, went way beyond everybody's expectations in terms of everything they announced. Um, I can kind of run down it here if you want, just the whole list. Yeah, let's run down it real fast because then I have some specific questions. But let's sure. just to give people the scope of the of the sickness that they're bringing, <laughs> just run it down real quick. Real so, quick, you know what I mean? So they talk through all the movie stuff. I think uh, the TV stuff, the movie stuff, there wasn't anything too surprising. Like they mentioned revised dates for things. They mentioned how they fit in with the TV. But a lot of this presentation was about pushing Disney Plus because that's the big growth area right now for Disney as a whole. So that's kicking off on January 15th with WandaVision, which is a six-episode series. Uh, focuses on Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, next up in March, I want to say, is Falcon and Winter Soldier, which basically looks like a new cast. Captain America movie starring those two characters. Uh, then in May, you get Loki, which is this tripped out, awesome looking dimension hopping series starring Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh, and and Wilson brother. Yeah. Oh, and Owen Wilson. In gray um, hair. Exactly. I just yeah. want to hear him say, oh, wow, one more time. <laughs> Uh, please that's what yeah. you know please go on give the people what they want you know yes i want that <laughs> uh so those are the ones that are, are scheduled and then there's a couple of other ones that have like sort of light late 2021 into 2022 schedule and a bunch of things that they just dropped but just to run down all the titles again to give the scope you got a hawkeye with jeremy renner also Haley steinfeld is on as kate bishop who's the wow. new hawkeye you have miss marvel uh, which is the first pakistani american superhero super popular in the comics first time we're seeing her live action and that's going to tie into captain marvel 2 you got moon knight which is uncast yet they had no details about that uh, we could probably talk about this but it oscar sounds like oscar, well it sounds like since they didn't mention him maybe the whole oscar isaac if it fell through people are speculating mm -hmm. uh but then you have she hulk which tatia manaslani is confirmed is that oh, also mark ruffalo is going to be a tim roth is back in it as the abomination from the incredible hulk movie that nobody likes which i think is kind of fun <laughs> but whatever uh marvel what if which is an animated series it's kind of like an elseworld showing different variations of thing but it has all of the voices of all of the actors secret invasion which picks up after captain marvel with samuel jackson uh and yeah. uh ben mendelson as a scroll yeah. iron heart which focuses on the new Iron Man. She's a young black female from Chicago, I think. Armor Wars, starring Don Cheadle as War Machine, which is when Iron Man's tech falls into the wrong hands. Uh, there's also uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which they are filming the same time as Guardians of the Galaxy 3 wow. with the same cast, and they're going to release, I think, 
after that or right before that. Uh, and then there's also I Am Groot, an animated special with the tease that that's just the beginning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It's the beginning. That's it, so much stuff. Well, it, yes, here's beyond. one of my questions about this because I know, like, I, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that we're seeing three. We haven't seen anything Marvel really for a year mm -hmm. or year and a half. And, uh, and now we're going to see these three are basically going to go back to back to back. You're going to have something in January through to February, something in March, April, something in May. You're going to have a, a series of Marvel all the, all the way through there. Hopefully Black Widow somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Cliff still believes that's coming out of uh, VOD. I do. I do. Uh, and not going to not going to wait. And then um, I stand couple by that. <laughs> well, the question about that, I mean, in terms of the VOD for Black Widow, uh, Obviously, it has to do a lot with the vaccine, not to get into real world stuff. But, you know, mm -hmm. if they can time it out and there was news earlier today that they think they can start getting out to the general public in March. So my immediate, the absolute stupidest thought I had was like, oh, OK, even if they do it by April, you can get the second booster shot by May 7th and get to see Black Widow yeah. in theaters. Or they only that's their trick. Think. All the investors actually to get the shot. They're like, hey, go see Black Widow. Get your mm -hmm. shot. And yeah. we'll let you in. Like it's just part. Like it's it's like walk through the Walgreens parking lot to get to your local AMC. Yeah. <laughs> Only in IMAX. They just spray it all over the popcorn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but my question is, you know, and I know that the movies obviously have sequels, and we're looking at all these stuff as extensions and all that stuff. But that's a lot of series. That's a lot of series. Mm -hmm. that's juggle. That's also, in some instances, with like for instance, Secret Wars. That's a a singular storyline. Do you think of these as mini series? Are these actual series that are going to have multiple seasons? I think that's a big question right now. I do think things like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, maybe even, are essentially the way that I think they're looking and they're budgeting them like two movies. They're going to be six hours long or six episodes long. Who knows exactly how long? I think they're like 45 minutes each or so. As, as we know for The Mandalorian, a show, a, a Disney Plus show can be anywhere from 20 to an hour <laughs> and 50 minutes. And I want that's great. Tell, <laughs> tell the story. That should be the beauty of your streaming, honestly. Like, tell the story you want to tell the amount of time you want to tell it. And that's cool. Yes. But to your point, I think things like, WandaVision that are supposed to be bridges to Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Man 3 a little bit. Um, we're probably going to see those as miniseries unless they have a second idea that I guess fits inside that world. But I do think some of the younger, uh, not exactly younger, but like the newer actors, like you have Moon Knight, you have She-Hulk, you have Miss Marvel. Even if Miss Marvel is leading into Captain Marvel 2 and we're going to see her there, I think my guess, this is just a total supposition, but my guess is those are the ones we're going to see second seasons of. Um, things like What If we could certainly see a second season of. But to your point, something like A Secret Invasion, that's a story to tell of Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn going back to the Skrull homeworld, uh, potentially a war between the Kree and the Skrull. We don't know. Um, but that's going to be, they're not going to be like Secret Invasion season two necessarily, right. would be my right. guess. Well, and that's, that's the thing I, I worry about with, oh, sorry, Cliff, go ahead. I was just going to say the price would be astronomical. Sam Jackson yeah. alone, his price is through the roof. So mm -hmm. go on, Jason. Well, I just think there's a lot of goodwill with this setup where you're getting this stuff in two places. You can kind of be as big a fan as you want to be. If you want to probably just watch the movies, you probably ignore some of the stuff and you might miss a little bit, but not to miss out too much. But what I don't want is a bunch of like, if the, the if the Loki story, it's just like on repeat for, for multiple seasons and it never goes anywhere mm -hmm. and it never re then it will never really tie into the movies and right. it'll never really tell that. Like what I what I do love about what they're doing is it it does feel very comic booky. We have several different threads that'll combine and 
connect and disconnect again over and over and over again in the situation they have now. Well, I'd imagine also part of the way that they're selling these actors on these things is that it is a limited run. You know, you're going to get Tom Hiddleston, who has been playing Loki for, what, over a decade at this point, to come back for a show. If you have a really good idea, you're going to really push something new with the character, and he can come in, get an insane payday for six episodes of this thing, and then be done with it. Yeah, as long as they don't bring as long as they don't bring Taylor Swift in as a secret character, she'll he'll be oh, fine. He'll come, he'll come bring back. Her in. Uh, right. Always yes for Taylor Swift. Evermore, evermore. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying that clip because they dated for a while and it didn't. They, I know, they were the new album. In the new album, in the new album, she disses them a little bit. She does. I've listened to the new album backwards and forwards. That's what song. Someone needs to tell me about this. Well, Cliff, dude, first of all, nobody needs to tell you anything. You've been listening to too much Taylor Swift at home alone. I love Taylor. <laughs> that new album. They're already making a movie out of the album. So who are you talking about? Yeah, Disney Plus. You know who's going to play Tom Hiddleston? Nobody, because they're going to cut that part out. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's say we got Alex here. Come on. All right. All right. No, all right I so, love. I love. I'll talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. All right. So she's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I mean, is there any one of these in particular? Me, it's the Hulk. This, the, the She-Hulk show. Jessica Gao is the showrunner writer who is, uh, who's probably biggest claim to fame. Although she's written a lot of really great stuff, is the Pickle Rip Emmy winning Pickle Rick episode of uh, Rick and Morty mm. uh, with uh, with Dan Harmon, which is uh, very funny. Uh, but she's a great writer on a bunch of different stuff, and she wrote one of the Lego movies. Um, very funny person. And then having Tim Roth in The Abomination back, I was waiting. I didn't know if they'd ever do it. I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, I think that sounds great. And it also sounds like they're probably at least in part basing She-Hulk, uh, you know, as much as they do base anything on any of the Marvel comics. But Dan Slott's run on She-Hulk, which really leaned into her being a lawyer and ridiculous and quirky. Sounds like they're kind of leading into that a little bit, which sounds cool. Um, also, I know it's the first one out of the gate now, but WandaVision, which also seems to pull on uh, this great run that Tom King and Mitch Gerard did on a Vision comic, obviously changing it a little bit to focus more on Wanda, uh, but it looks tripped out and weird. And one of the things that immediately sucked me in is they're doing these different eras of TV, but the first episode is supposed to be like a 50s, 60s black and white sitcom. They actually filmed it as a sitcom, like on a stage in front of an audience with all the effects done practically the way that they would wow. do it. Uh, in a sitcom filmed at that time. And if they're doing that for every episode of that show, that's so cool. Uh, that also the same thing with Loki, where I mentioned earlier, the fact that they're leaning into these different timelines and going to all this weirdness. It looks like he's D.B. Cooper at one point in the trailer. Uh, there's a thing from a great comic that a, a writer named Chris Hastings did a couple of years back called Vote Loki, which they ended on that was all about him running for office. So lean into that weirdness. I think that's something that people have been asking for Marvel for a while, and they got yes. this very much a free reign after Guardians of the Galaxy was weirder than anybody expected, but they haven't gone full throttle, and I, it feels like that's what they're allowing themselves to do with the slate of TV shows, down to, we didn't see anything from it, but Moon Knight is a superhero that's usually depicted as with multiple personalities. He doesn't know what is real, he doesn't know what's fake, and if they lean into that the right way and pull from some of the bitter runs, uh, there was a great run that uh, Jeff Lemire did a while ago that was just like bananas dream Egypt imagery. Uh, so if they do stuff like that, that's fun and that's different. And even if it doesn't work, I think people could push it off as, ah, that's the TV stuff. We still got the movies, but if it does work, it could influence the movies in a really good way too. Totally. No, I agree with you. And I'm really excited for WandaVision. I think that that one is, I don't even mean to, uh, put it out like there's just so many cool things like the other thing i'm really interested in is the what if stuff i kept telling mm -hmm. them like, what if 
So, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Is there a what if that like, what if the MCU, is, is it something that can sort of, um, I don't know what the exact word is, but like, let's just say morph into mm-hmm. an MMU, like the Marvel movie universe. And now it's a separate thing because of everything that's splintering. Well, I think that's a, question like that is an open well no, no, no. Is a that's question. a question yes. Good job cliff uh no that's an open question because they're adding after doing a little bit of a fake out in the second spider-man movie they are adding in a legitimate multiverse like they're doing that in right. doctor strange and the multiverse of madness spider-man 3 there's been a lot of rumors going around but they very explicitly stated that wandavision and doctor strange 2 are going to tie into spider-man 3 so they are going to have these other universes out there so to that point even though what if is the animated show it's the thing kind of on the side it's a place for them to have fun and try out ideas that's always a possibility. You know, if something hits huge or they figure out a way of bringing it in, then you bring it from uh, animation to live action. Uh, one of the simplest things to do, a new character that's being introduced in the What I Have Animated thing is Jeffrey Wright is playing the voice of the Watcher. Uh, for mm-hmm. those who don't read comics, that's the guy who lives on the moon and literally watches everything and is always like, I'm not going to interfere, except for this one time I'm going to interfere. <laughs> That's what he does in every single comic. So that's an easy thing. Like, bring in Jeffrey Wright as the live-action watcher. Suddenly, even what if animated becomes, quote-unquote, important to fans. Yeah. Amen. What, we, got a, is, we got a note from Luke. Uh, it said, do you think uh, y'all... Actually, I, Luke, I, I love Luke. Y'all think... Y'all think the multiverse bring out X-Men mutants? He doesn't sound like that at all, but I want to do that. Y'all <laughs> think the multiverse bring out them X-Men mutants? Yeah. Do you? Um, that's definitely a possibility. It sounds like they're trying to wait a while on X-Men because I think there's a lot of bad blood is probably the wrong word, but there's certainly like not great feelings left after dark Phoenix. Uh, honestly, I kind of like new mutants, but that obviously had a pretty tortured history. It went through, um, even X-Men apocalypse. The one before that wasn't great. Uh, so they've been pretty open and, and they announced this in the presentation. Fantastic four is going to be the first thing out of the gate for the Fox deal, uh, which surprisingly that's, completely boned two times in a row. Yeah. But they mentioned that John Watts, who did the Spider-Man stuff, is on it, uh, and everybody got very excited. So yeah. I think they're going to, my point being, they're going to wait for it to Fantastic Four, and then I think down the road, five, ten years or, in, or so, they're going to bring back X-Men. So maybe multiverse, maybe not. So, okay, so my question, I actually have two things on this. Uh, one, John Watts doing the Fantastic Four, right, which is awesome. He's also the director of Spider-Man, but he directs that through Sony. What does mm-hmm. this mean? Overall, like when you have John Watts now being kind of brought into the MCU fold for everything, does that does that change anything? Does that change his relationship to the Spider-Man universe at all? Or, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Spider-Man movies going forward, right? You know, I'm spoiler. I haven't been involved in the contract negotiations with Sony <laughs> or anything like that, but they've obviously been very up in the air in terms of what's going to happen in the future after Spider-Man three. They're developing their own weird Spider-Verse thing going on with Morbius and Venom and. Mm-hmm. They keep wanting to do other movies that spin out of Spider-Man that maybe will work, maybe will not. We'll see. Um, But I can see a world where they're never going to stop making Spider-Man movies, and I think potentially Tom Holland could do it beyond Spider-Man 3 as well. But I think they're planning for a world where Sony and Marvel potentially split again. I I think they'll figure it out. People love Tom Holland. They love him as Spider-Man. So if Spider-Man 3 hits, they'll figure out a way to work it out. But John Watts is good, and I think they want to put him on something else, potentially, as a bargaining tactic. Yep. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. My my theory is this will be the last standalone Spider-Man for a while. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll appear in a team up or in a Fantastic Four or in a as like that he as the as the mentor character as the side mm-hmm. character of a Thor mm-hmm. or something. But my theory is there's there's not going to be another live action Spider-Man for five or six years, kind of like what they did with the other ones. And that this whole the whole point of this the the pitch for the multiverse really has to do with sony wanting to create their own spider-verse and having it and having that still tie into canon and not pissing everybody off and this is their way of doing it yeah i think that makes sense and just uh the one thing that i'll say about the new team thing is that's something that we actually don't see on the schedule yet which i think is kind of interesting you don't have those tent poles of avengers avengers age of ultron uh infinity war etc that we knew Basically, after Iron Man launched, it hit big. I think it was that Monday morning. They were like, okay, here's what we're doing. It's leading up to Avengers. Right. We're going to keep going with it. We don't have that right now. We know yep. all these solo films. We know all these other things that are going on, but they don't have those ten pulls on the schedule yet. And that's potentially a place where Spider-Man could show up again when everybody kind of expects with these TV shows, we're going to get some sort of young Avengers thing or next mm-hmm. Avengers or something like that. Uh, that's probably where you'll see him next to the MCU. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Jason, sit tight, don't leave, because I want to pivot now to... So you see, you see we, we've only been talking Marvel, and we could spend the rest of the show talking Marvel, yeah. but because we only have a, <laughs> a finite amount of time, let's just pivot for a second to Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just do you want to, for scope, just roll, roll down that, Alex, for us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the first one is Mandalorian, uh, which they kind of... It was funny how quickly they brushed past this, but the third season of Mandalorian is coming. It's going to come out on Christmas instead of October, like the past two seasons have come. Totally makes sense in terms of COVID delays and the fact that they're ramping up production schedule anyway. Uh, they also uh, ran down details for two of the things that we knew about already. Uh, the Cash and Andor series, which spins off of Rogue One, is officially called Star Wars Andor. Uh, we don't really know much about it uh, other than Diego Luna is very excited about it happening. Uh, but the more exciting announcement of stuff that we already knew is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is officially called Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor is back, but uh, crazy even bigger news. Uh, Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader, and the whole series is uh, some sort of rematch between them, which what? is wild. Like, yeah, just to crazy. think about what the you know, this is getting super dirty as opposed to the rest of the discussion. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, what does that mean for continuity? The fact that Darth Vader knows that Obi Wan Kenobi is out there, and vice versa. How is this going to fit in with the rest of the movies? I think that's really fascinating to think about. But beyond that, the other announcements, again, just kind of run through them really quickly. Uh, They're clearly all in on Mandalorian because spinning out of Mandalorian are Star Wars Ahsoka, following on Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano. takes place at the same timeline as The Mandalorian. Also, Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. We don't know what it is other than the name. Uh, And then there's a bunch of other series. There's an animated spinoff of Clone Clone Wars excuse me, called Star Wars The Bad Batch. You have The Acolyte which is some sort of like High Republic era, dark side, something or other from Leslie Headland, uh, which sounds fascinating and interesting, and we don't know much more about that. Uh, there's also a limited series called Star Wars Lando. Uh, all we know is Justin Simeon, who did Dar- Dear White People, is going to be the showrunner of that. So. Also host of uh, Don't At Me with Justin Simeon, a uh, podcast on Starburns Audio Podcast Network. Yeah, uh, which sounds great. Like, they didn't mention Donald Glover or anybody like that, so we don't know exactly who's going to play Lando, but Justin Simeon, I'm all in. Uh, And then there's two animating series. you got Star Wars Visions, which is 
anime inspired uh, Star Wars stuff. It's going to be short, uh, short uh, animated things. And then Star Wars, a droid story, uh, which is an animated series. Again, I think short form focusing on R2D2 and C3PO. So, Lots of stuff there. And then, of course, there was also the movie side of things uh, where they kind of said, oh, Taika Waititi is doing a movie somewhere down the road. They show up this very, like, schoolhouse rock style uh, logo, Monty Python style logo that's in Star Wars. But the bigger thing was Patty Jenkins is going to direct the next one that's going to come out in, I don't remember whether it was 2022 or 2023, uh, but it's Rogue Squadron. Uh, and if you look online, look at Patty Jenkins' Twitter feed. She put this video that legit made me cry, like just tears, talking about how much it meant to her and her dad being a fighter pilot. Uh, and now she's directing a Star Wars movie and it brings two of her greatest loves together. Wonderful. Absolutely oh, wonderful. So oh, lots of stuff going on. Great. Always. Yeah. So uh, lots of great stuff going on in the Star Wars side as well. That's kind of broad strokes. Oh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you're right about that Obi-Wan with the Darth Vader stuff. I'm not sure what exactly they mean and if there's actually another fight and how that even goes. Um, Isn't but, it a fracture, Jace? What? Couldn't it, like, it's potentially a fracture, right? Maybe. I mean, I think that what they're going to do is I think they're going to, you know, they've, they've, you know they've they've updated the canon several times there's a there's a whole jedi ashoka that is never referenced in the movies but is somehow like super tied to darth vader in a very close unique way and is one of the few people that's beat him um you know yeah. in, in the animated show so they'll, they'll figure out a way to do it right um i think it's it's interesting because I, I wanted that show to just be called crazy old ben uh, <laughs> like they referenced him at the beginning uh, there's an old ben kenobi leaves out in the woods like i want hermit Obi-Wan Kenobi just like is all about like just keeping like animals off of his stuff and he's just writing and writing and writing book after book about how the the, the empire is horrible and he needs to blow it up like a, a real Ted Kaczynski version of uh, Ben Kenobi you know <laughs> well I think that's kind of what everybody expected from the series right like they thought mm -hmm. oh he would just be hanging out on Tatooine and uh, <laughs> there were even some rumors that baby Luke was going to show up there which sounded a lot baby like Luke. baby Yoda uh, just make the same series and uh, and again, I don't know too much about what actually went down behind the scenes, but they were, they were pretty open about the fact that the scripts were not quite working, even though they were around for a while. And they essentially scrapped them and rewrote them reportedly. So I do wonder if the original plan was that crazy old Ben on Tatooine guarding baby Luke. And then they realized, all right, we have the show called The Mandalorian. That is yeah. a guy who goes to deserted planets. Yeah, exactly. baby. No, I think it's something different. I always assumed that they were going to do this stuff The um the Darth Maul stuff with the mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, but it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like that's on the thing either. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but, uh, but uh, Darth Maul's story ends in the rebels animated show. So it wouldn't make sense to continue it on too much in this uh, because it's already over uh, from the, from the animated series. But just, it, uh, wait, this is, I don't actually know the continuity here, but he does. This is also, I guess, a spoiler, but he shows up at the end of Solo, yep. which does that That's take why place before Rebels or after yes. Rebels? Okay. Rebels, is, Rebels leads right up to the Battle of Yavin, basically, okay. and then does an 11-year jump, but that's a little bit beforehand. That's kind of where he he's kind of repping in that, but there's a there's a... There's an actual ending for, you know, like an actual, like there's a bunch of stuff that happens in uh, uh, the, the Clone Wars with, uh, with Darth Maul. He becomes the big bad across the board. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that I thought I, I, you could, and I bet you he will be in this at a certain point mm -hmm. for a little while. Well, so let me ask you a biz question though, Alex. How much fucking money are they spending? <laughs> Seriously, like, it's like they bought up everybody in town. Yeah. 
I mean, it has to be billions, right? Uh, they don't uh, say. You know, not add no exaggeration. Like if you're yeah. thinking about a big budget Marvel movie budget, you're talking what uh, 150, 200, 250 million dollars. Yeah. Times that times two, or maybe make it a little cheaper because you're filming everything, you know, in a condensed timeline. Even if you're doing two movies, but still, we're probably talking what three to four hundred million dollars for a series, something like that. Times, mm. like you said, ten. So we're talking billions. The only way they're saving money potentially is global marketing costs because it's not going into theaters or anything like that. Right. But even then, that's a small fraction of what necessarily they're saving. And this is a crazy question. Do any of these shows show up as theatrical releases in other countries? Hmm. Uh, that is something I would have loved to see in pre-COVID times. Now, post-COVID times, who necessarily knows? But like... Uh, I always would have loved to have seen Game of Thrones every week in a movie theater. That would have been awesome. I, it was kind of surprising to me that they never did that uh, and that we really only got to, you know, the Fathom of Ed stuff. Uh, they yeah. showed off the You go see that. What is that? Not the, the Immortals? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Inhumans. Inhumans. <laughs> yes. With Anson Mount, who went on to bigger and better things. Anson Mount. He did that yeah. movie with Britney Spears. Uh, but yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think that would be cool. Once movie theaters open generally, uh, that would be great. You know, just show them all back to back. I'm sure Marvel fans would camp out. I'm sure Star Wars fans would camp out. That would be awesome. Hey, real quick, because I we still got a lot more to talk to you about, but I got to pay the bills real fast. You mind sticking around for a little, uh, little conversation? Yeah. We, all right, cool. Because uh, we, you know, I don't know if anybody out there, any fans know, but it costs billions and billions of dollars to keep this show afloat every week. Billions and billions are going out into the world to keep this going. And the way we, the way we do that is through comfort, right? It is. The way we pay these bills. It is. It is. And it seems like a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's worth is it. there really a price that you could put on comfort? Yeah. Can you put, you know what you can? You can put it on your Johnson, right? Like on your, nice, on your nether regions. On your nethers. Whatever you got over, whatever you got down there. I call all of them Johnson. It doesn't matter. By the way, that's, that's it not doesn't matter if it's a, It doesn't matter if it's a stick or a hoop. It's Paul Johnson. Listen, by the way, it's in other words, what Jason's trying to say is that it's unisex. <laughs> <laughs> Your unisex nether nether regions. Go on. Nothing. Well, I just wanted to tell you guys, like, listen, I have been I've done a lot of shopping. Um, and I, I'm I'm just about done with it. But the last thing that I was doing today was I was actually ordering a bunch of me undies uh subscriptions for the family. Spoiler alert, family. Get your underpants ready. Burn all your underpants, family. You got new underpants coming. Just do it. Just go outside right now. It's cold in Reno. Take all your underpants. Burn them. Put yeah. If they're not me undies, get a big one of those metal buckets. Put some gasoline there. Light it on fire. Sing some Billy Joel songs and wait until your uh, your new me undies show up. And Billy Joel songs for me undies. And and by the way, you can get stuff for your dogs. They have the membership that Jason got, which is like nineteen ninety nine a month new underwear the rest of your life i mean you know you gotta pay for it but it's barely a scratch and on top of it it's so comfortable this micromodal stuff i'm wearing it right now right uh, now i'm wearing the loungewear pants again i have like nine pairs of these now i and i would uh i would be also wearing them if i wasn't shirt cocking it and just uh just completely completely bald and shaved down there right now uh, that no, just, just happened <laughs> that was a thing that just got said but by the way Ray, jason is bringing up these me undies are these what are these star wars these are baby yoda i'm just i'm, I'm keeping with the theme grogu. These, are, these are grogu's right we can get grogu 
underwear. And these things, they're my, I mean, the microphone, I know I said it already. The truth is they, we get to, like, aside from the free stuff, we get discounts too. And yeah. it's a little addicting. Yeah, see how Grogu, little baby Yoda, floats around in this little comfy little, like, shell of a thing so he doesn't have to be exposed to everything. He's just comfortable and soft inside his little baby Yoda uh, little thing. That's MeUndies. MeUndies is this little silver capsule, keeping all your stuff soft and making it so cute that everybody just goes, when they see it, finally get to see it, they go, Oh, I wish you had named it better, though. Um, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. So, All right. So go to MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. stuck. Yeah, go to MeUndies.com, offer code stuck, and uh, yeah, get, get, get stuck in a pair of soft, luxurious love. All right. So schedule programming. Let's do it. So these are some really interesting things. I have some questions. This is, I mean, I think I still have that same question. Welcome you back. Know, even though oh, thank you. Mandalorian uh, is, you know, I'm also down Donald Duck again, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, so all right. People know. So, uh, you know, we have Mandalorian, which has gone three seasons or which is going to go, which has just been renewed for a third season. And I see why they can potentially do that. I don't see it going past the third um, mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. I think that story gets told in three, three pretty easy, um, but it has launched a bunch of spinoffs. Now, same, you know, do you think that this is in a similar situation where we're going to see some of these continue on as series, but we're going to get a lot of kind of one-off little uh, things here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, it depends on people's schedules. I think Obi-Wan is something that they've been talking about for so long. I can't see that being longer than a season. I don't remember how many episodes they said it's going to be, but... I think that's one and done. Uh, Andor, obviously, at a certain point, spoiler for Rogue One, he's going to die. So, uh, and they managed to make soon. Bates Motel go like 10, uh, 10 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't know about that one, but something mm -hmm. like they certainly have enough that can go on. The things that are spinning off of Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, whatever that is. Um, I, my, I have my suspicions about it. I think we're, depending on what happens at the end of the season, we have one more episode of The Mandalorian. I think we're kind of seeing the spinoff already, like it's the Boba Fett, Fennec Shand show yeah. where they're going to fly off and be deputized or something yeah, like and that. They're gonna, yeah, and they're going to hang out with that anti-vaxxer MMML lady and they're all going to go hang out and have fun. <laughs> and I think that that's why Bill Burr came back. I, I honestly mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on with season one and now I realize like, that, that shit, hold on. Um, you guys talk amongst yourself first. Uh -oh. Well, all I was going to say while you're getting ready to sneeze, uh, in, to the point maybe you're making, is going into Mandalorian season two, my worry, which has been borne out, but actually in a much better way, was that this was the Iron Man two of seasons, where basically you had John Favreau doing the same thing, bringing in a bunch of characters, balancing too many things, and using it to spin off a bunch of things. He did bring in a ton of elements. He is using it to spit off things, but for the most part, it's been pretty good. I 100% agree with you. I think that it, that, that it actually got better as they actually did the spinoff stuff. The first mm -hmm. two episodes are the only two, unless there's a frog lady story that I haven't heard of yet. The first <laughs> yeah, they announced that too. That has 62 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a cooking show where Baby Yoda just eats all the eggs by the end. And, uh, you know, you look at some of these these castings, some of these pieces, I, I do think, yeah, you've got, okay, well, we're going to spin this off. Now we got a, we got a Mandalorian show that we haven't even talked about yet that I still think is going to have a spinoff here with Bo-Katan. Maybe that's the Ashoka show. I actually think they're going to join the Ashoka show. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially going to be live-action Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Dave Filoni gets to do his thing. Um, yeah. There's also rumors, which they didn't mention, but there's rumors of specifically a Boba Fett spinoff, which I do yeah. wonder whether that's 
Boba Fett because you got that name and everybody knows who that is. And that seems like a missed opportunity not to call it Star Wars Boba Fett, or if that is the Rangers of the New Republic show. Yeah, I'm interested to see that too. I, I wonder, I mean, part of my curiosity is if Boba stays around and sticks with the Mandalorian for a little while. Mm -hmm. I see a, Sabine who gets no, has no lines, but is very important in Rebels. Uh, Bo-Katan, who's very important in Clone Wars. And Ashoka, who's uh, important in both. I see those guys doing their Grand Admiral Thrawn thing. Mm -hmm everybody coming together to eventually that's the that's the big bad that's the thanos of the uh the star wars micro uh universe mm -hmm. and they all come all those three shows come together to fight him near the end of whatever this would that be wild if they ended up doing what marvel tv tried to do on netflix but actually doing it the right way yeah. that would be mm -hmm. great It'd be interesting that that's kind of where i was just kind of headed with it i just was curious like this is there's so just, there's just so much content coming out in those pieces i can't see how you would maintain that for a mm -hmm. long time at the level of quality you need to and also what i've learned with the netflix and how fast netflix is canceling shows i don't expect to really honestly see anything go more than three seasons anymore that's yeah. a streaming show there's no reason well if you think about all of this stuff it also comes down to how are they going to schedule it right like the star wars stuff is not going to come out for a while unless they've been secretly filming it which of course is possible but with the marvel stuff they're piggybacking between the theatrical movies uh, as long as theaters actually reopen and the tv shows but if you look at the schedule you have wandavision coming out on january 15th it's running six episodes so it's going right up until march maybe there's a two-week break until you get Falcon and the Winter Soldier, same thing. You get a two-week break or so, and then you get Loki. So clearly, they're heading towards not 52 weeks of Marvel a year, but essentially every week they're going to have some sort of Marvel show. So you are going to see these things pop up, but as soon as they hit, they're like two, three... Uh, series th two three season uh expiration point you're gonna have new stuff come in and you're gonna have that cycle in there and then uh, at least when it comes to disney plus it's gonna be the same thing or at least i think they hope it's the same thing but we're star wars where it's just constantly going all the time did they mention anything i mean because it feels like this 2021 is a trillion dollar slate Are, did they mention anything to their investors about uh, who anyone split a hedge fund or anyone splitting their slate with them for the annual for the year uh, not, not anything that they did publicly <laughs> for anybody. Yeah, interesting. It's interesting. Um, but I do wonder, I mean, they've certainly lost a lot of money in this past year, I have to assume, but at the same time, Disney is Disney. You know, they have, if anybody has virtually unlimited funds, it's Disney and they're getting it back. They have so many more subscribers on Disney plus than they expected. They're still not uh, profitable, I think yet, but at the same time, that is the one division of the company that is making a profit because theatrical is down, parks are down, everything else is down. So I think they're able to say, okay, we're going to do this stuff. And also they didn't announce a schedule for most of it. You know, it's, right. it's stuff that they're developing. All of this could completely fall apart tomorrow. Yep. That is entirely possible. They did that with phase three stuff for Marvel. I remember there was a bunch, you know, we talked about a, a couple of these things. The Inhumans was supposed to be a movie. There's a bunch of stuff that never came to fruition. It's yeah. a little bit of a dream slate, but this TV stuff, some of it, I mean, it's, it's great to see some of it being real already, mm -hmm. you know, seeing Loki come to pass, like seeing um, Falcon, the winter soldier. These are the, those two are safe. WandaVision even getting greenlit is crazy to me. And I love that too. Yeah. It's tangible. Yeah, and I think Marvel at this point has enough of a track record for the past 10 years or so where basically everything they have ever done is hit. Or even quality-wise, it's been like at lowest a C plus, you know, yeah. which is still 
pretty fine. The dark world. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, exactly. Like given everything, right? Uh, so they're going to be fine. All of this stuff, I don't know if all of this stuff is going to come out. I'm sure a project or two will fall through, but they're right. already barreling ahead. They're filming Miss Marvel at this point, even though they've only done a couple of days on it. They're filming Hawkeye in New York, um, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, the rest of them beyond that, they're not necessarily on, but they have casts and they're probably going to be filming them by the end of the year. So we're set with new Marvel shows, I would guess, at least for the next two years, even if something epic happens that goes against that. Does any of this, um, and I don't know if I, I didn't really catch this, so I'm assuming no, any references to the Netflix Marvel shows? No. <laughs> There's, uh, again, I don't have personal knowledge of this, but I certainly read enough about it and been able to intuit enough, but there's clearly so much bad blood between what Jeff Loeb did over at Marvel TV and what is happening over at Marvel Studios. You know, just earlier today, this is not a shocking surprise, but they canceled Hellstrom on Hulu after mm -hmm. one season. And that was a show where they even like, uh, we're just not going to mention Marvel or anything on right. the show. Yeah. Just like forget Never this said. ever happened. <laughs> we are contractually obligated to put this out and then move on from here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to, they're going to reference any of that stuff. There's been a lot of rumors about say Charlie Cox popping up as daredevil in a Spider-Man movie. I can see that happening just because the Sony thing makes it all confusing. So maybe they'd push it in, but I think from the Kevin Feige direction of things, he would rather everybody completely forget those exist forever. Got it. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I always assume that it'll eventually they'll uh, show up on uh, She-Hulk. I also have weird visions that uh, that She-Hulk is actually just a, actually a, a secret sequel to uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. And, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that show too. Uh, that, that's a billion of this, the different things going on here, but I know that that's not even everything. There's still Disney proper mm -hmm. and Pixar to talk about. So what's going on there? I mean, there's so much stuff. A lot of their stuff, honestly, I felt that was the part of the presentation where it was a little confusing because going into it personally, I expected they were going to be talking a lot about, okay, this movie is going to Disney plus for quote unquote free. This movie is going to premier access like Mulan. We're going to pay 30 extra bucks. They even teased that they had a stock call back right after Thanksgiving. I want to say where when anybody asked any sort of question about premier access and the Mulan experiment, they said, December 10th, tune in December 10th. And as far as I can tell, they mentioned one movie for premier access, which is Ryan, the last dragon. And that's it. So the rest of the stuff was mostly undated. They're mostly seeming to lean theatrical. There certainly are some things that are moving to Disney Plus, like Cruella, which is starring Emma Stone, is going there. Peter Pan and Wendy is going there, I believe. Uh, a couple of other live-action movies like that. Uh, and they announced a couple of things as well. You know, Hocus Pocus 2 is probably the biggest one for fans. I mean, I, I don't get it. But they've been talking about it for years. But even that, they were like... Here's a logo, Hocus Pocus 2, it's happening. And that was the entirety of the news. So it just wasn't much. Uh, you know, looking through it, though, the things that I thought were honestly a little more exciting were they talked about some of the animated stuff. And this is probably just personally for me because I watched this movie incessantly with my daughter when she was a little kid, about two years old. She was obsessed uh, with The Princess of the Frog. That was her favorite movie. She loved Tiana. So... That is a movie that has not really gotten respect over the years, even though it helped kick off Disney animation again. And they're coming back with a long-form animated musical series starring Tiana uh, that's set in New Orleans. And that's exciting. Like, I think that's great to have something like that. They also announced Moana, the same thing. So even if it's 
Disney diversity, so you could probably bring up some qualms with it. It is showing other faces. It is showing other voices. And yeah. it's important that they're bringing that stuff on TV. So the things like that, I thought were more exciting than bringing up a logo for Hocus Pocus 2 or being like, Sister Act 3, it's real. <laughs> so would you say that they're backpedaling then from their, their initial statement of where everything's focusing towards streaming? I, I, I wonder how much the Warner Media announcement affected the way they announced things. I wonder how much they pivoted there because Warner Media announcing every single one of our movies is going to HBO Max, same day as theaters. People flipped out, like actors flipped out, producers flipped out, directors flipped out, theaters flipped out. Everybody was pissed at them. Part of that is they clearly didn't contact people in any way, which is insane. <laughs> but I do wonder how much Disney was planning on saying, okay, here's our premier access slate. This is all going to streaming, except maybe Black Widow, which I still think they're very bullish in putting in theaters. Uh, but then they saw the response to the Warner Media thing, and they saw it happen and realized, all right, you know what? We don't have to do this. And then beyond that, they had so much goodwill and so much press from the insane amount of announcements that we've already talked about with Marvel and Star Wars and everything else that they didn't need the added bonus of saying, hey, Jungle Book is going to Disney+. Plus." That doesn't get them anything. You know, instead, they could just say, hey, Jungle Book is coming out, get excited, moving on, because there's <laughs> more than enough coming out of Disney versus over on the Warner Media side, HBO Max, whether you think it's a failure or not, I think, you know, it, it, there's been a lot of talk about how it actually has a really good content library, which is true, but it doesn't necessarily have the original content there. So they needed to put the movies on there in order to goose things forward. Disney doesn't need to do that. They've had one original show that people have cared about, which is The Mandalorian, and they have almost 100 million subscribers. They're doing fine. Yeah, they don't they need to add premiere access on top of that. Jace? Well, two things. One, I love HBO Max. Personally, that's my... Me too. I, 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 I think, because um, you're right about the Disney stuff, and I don't need all the Disney shows anymore. My daughter's 16. We don't have to watch. We watch <laughs> We watch big kid stuff now when we watch shows together. Uh, but um, I, I, I would rate them in, in order of importance. This is probably a Netflix, just because it's got everything, and then HBO Max is my second one, my second go-to. Um, I really like what they're doing over there as far as the type of content they're putting out anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, okay, so one thing we haven't talked about at all, Lightyear. Yes. Yeah. Lightyear. Yes, for last. The, the Pixar stuff was fascinating because they started off talking about their short films, which sound mm -hmm. great. I'm always there for a Pixar short film. They've got their original stuff, their spark shorts, which have been really interesting so far. And if you haven't checked them out, definitely do. They also talked about a couple of other short film series. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like focusing on dig uh, the the dog character from Up, uh, mm -hmm. and it's made by the same people who did Forky Ask a Question, which was fantastic, was so good. funny, uh, just cool. short form series. So they mentioned that, and I was like, okay, that's good. And then they're doing a couple of things that spin off of Toy Story and other things. And then they mentioned their two theatrical movies. One of them is about a girl, a prepubescent girl who turns into an enormous red panda, which great. It sounds like the wild, weird thing that Pixar makes so works so well. <laughs> and then the second thing was Lightyear, which they teed up as, okay, you know how Buzz Lightyear is a big toy in the Toy Story universe? We always imagined that it was based off of a series of action movies. This is what that action movie looks like. It is a serious action movie with a human-looking Buzz Lightyear voiced by Chris Evans, which, 
is wild. And then Chris Evans tweeted out, I have no words about it, which people are like, I hope you do because your voice is the character. And then he, <laughs> I don't remember the exact words, but he had this thing that went viral where he was like, just to clarify, this is the human character based on the action figure that you saw in the Toy Story movies, not the action figure seen in the cartoon. And I was like, all right, Chris Evans, just calm down a little bit. But it, it's... <laughs> I, I got to admit, I'm a little nervous about it. Like Pixar really? has a good track record, but I never pictured Buzz Lightyear as a human action movie. I pictured him as Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which is the cartoon that they did on Disney Channel back in the day, which yep. that makes sense. So maybe they'll make it work. Maybe it'll be awesome, but it's a very weird idea. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they just found a way to get Chris Evans in something. Yeah, or just recast Tim Allen because Tim Allen is problematic. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. On that. All right. So, I mean, so we've now, I mean, again, in scratching the surface, so this was successful overall for Disney. Uh, Yes, uh, I'd say so. I I mean, if the goal, I I think they had multiple goals there. One was to hype up their investors, obviously, and tell them, hey, 2021 is going to be a big year. You lost a lot of money this year. Everybody lost a lot of money, but it's all coming back. All the money. Uh, But also they realized that fans were going to tune in and the press was going to be covering it and everything else. And they put out so much that it was impossible to ignore. There was a lot of pushback on it from people who think, as usual, that Disney is throttling the creativity of the industry. There were people frustrated about that. But frankly, that is a minority of the voices in the press and it's not really going to affect Disney's bottom line. So in terms of them getting people hyped, excited, getting people interested in what's coming out on Disney Plus, which I'm sure was their goal, uh, they did their job. Well, and it's kind of funny, the irony of, of even people being mad that they're not putting out the kind of stuff that's not stifling creativity. They're putting it all on their own platform. It's like, hey, we're announcing a bunch of stuff that you love and we're putting out our, and we're self-distributing it. Leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> well, and also, I don't want to lump on anybody necessarily, but to your point about HBO Max, that is the platform for adults, right? Like it really is. And if you want to watch original stuff, right now I think there's a reported 8.6 million people who are actually using HBO Max, which is not much by comparison. Go watch HBO Max. Go watch Raised by Wolves, which is wild and awesome. Go watch The Flight Attendant, which is a blast and a ton of fun. Uh, You liking it, Alex? The Flight Attendant. I I like The Flight Attendant a lot. Uh, You know, I'll tell you not to get totally off topic, but Uh, I read the novel The Flight Attendant is based on uh, after I'd watched, I think, the first four episodes of The Flight Attendant, which I watched the first four episodes of The Flight Attendant. I was like, oh, this is fun. Kelly Cuoco may be good, actually. This is good. I like Rosie Perez. This is a fun time. I read the book which is trash and reading that I suddenly realized what a insanely good job they did with an adaptation because they basically took the raw material for this book, things that made no sense whatsoever and fleshed them out into full storylines that are emotional for the characters and figured out a mystery that is much more intriguing and exciting. Oh, it's not Uh, the same mystery. It's they do little tweaks here and there, but there are things that, particularly the last third of the book that just do not work. And I'll tell you, I've seen the finale that's coming up on Thursday. They made it work. Like they stick, you know, pun about flight attendants, but they stick the landing there. And uh, particularly seeing how they take essentially the same idea of the book that is bad and put it on TV and make it good. Very impressive. Yep. I feel the same thing that um, the people who uh, did uh, Lovecraft Country, I read that book. Mm-hmm. And it's not trash, but it's not great. Um, and it's, it's written by a comic book, Arthur, a white guy. 
Uh, but that what they did and were able to do with that show, because I think that show is phenomenal and mm-hmm. uh, and deep and has a lot of layers to it. There's no layers in the book. It's like <laughs> just very top level. As much as you could do as a white comic book creator to try and address racism and stuff without having the background or the you know like the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, same thing. Like I'm just impressed at just how well HBO is doing and Jordan and 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 the showrunner there did to to make that a great show. Yeah. So the point being, if you're upset about the Disney stuff, which I get, you know, it's a lot of things that are other things that you've seen before. There are so many options out there. Earlier on, you were mentioning the wilds on prime video. Mm-hmm. I was kind of iffy on that show, but there's tons of options on prime video too, that aren't the boys. If you don't want to watch the superhero show, even though you should, that's good. Oh, so there's good. lots of stuff there. Yeah. Go over to Hulu as well. Like there, there's so many things to watch on TV. There's so many things to experience right now. It's not throttling the industry or the talent of the industry in the same way the no. things were previously. I, I, Jason and I had brought up a point we did on a stereo uh, uh, cast that we, um, the stereo app that we talk on, but uh, we, we started this idea of, of, isn't this somewhat akin, like what Disney's doing and what we're seeing somewhat akin to a, a, a sort of new deal? Like FDR mm-hmm. did, like we're giving all this employment back. There's all this work that's coming out of this, right? So is this not the closest we're going to get? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think that's a good way of thinking about it. I think the thing that people are concerned about is there's always this idea with the industry of, okay, somebody, you know, Oscar Isaac does Moon Knight and then he goes back and does like a little indie film. But that doesn't happen most of the time or it doesn't happen as often as people want. It isn't really the one for them, one for us thing. It's more Oscar Isaac does x-men and then he does star wars and then he does marvel stuff and then he's just kind of in the system and then it feels like he's gone and then he's Um, tired yeah but i i do think to your point you know they're putting all of this money back into the economy hiring people setting up shows uh that if it's not oscar isaac there's going to be somebody else on the moon Knight sets it's like great now i can make my dream film you know you might not know who they are yet but it's going to happen yeah I agree. Amen. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap this yeah. up today, right? I mean, yeah. unless Jason, you got something. No, no, I was going to say we could all, he got, he stuck around for them. We just wrap this whole thing up all together. Yeah. Oh, we can, right? We're done almost, wow. right? So just, so I'll just stick around. I mean, so wait, wait, wait. So since you're sticking around then, I'm going to ask you, Jason, if you don't mind, have you seen the BGs thing yet? The Frank Marshall one on HBO Max? Uh, me? No, yeah. I, I have not. It's a I'm documentary sorry. that Frank Marshall, it just came out. So okay. like like last night, but I don't know if you got an advance now. No, um, I'm just not a big music documentary guy. I, I more stick to uh, fictional TV shows. I'm sorry. All right, all right. So the docs aren't aren't for you then. It's not. not really. But what, did you watch the Wilds? I did. I watched the first episode of the Wilds. Um, what did you think? I, I I thought the performances were good and it was well shot. I, I think you were touching on this earlier, but it felt like a million things that I'd seen before, and the way that they structure it is each episode is named after a day that they're trapped on this island. So first episode is day one, second episode is day two. I was interested enough to think about finding out where they were on day 23 or day 37. (laughs) Like that to me is the point where, oh, this could get interesting where they really start to fall apart and things really start to change. But the first episode being a solid hour and the mystery thing just not being very interesting to me, uh, I haven't checked out further episodes yet. But I do know... Um, I don't know if it's necessarily be a big hit, but it's certainly gotten a fan base, particularly with teens who are really into the story. So I don't know. I, I think it might stick around for a second season anyway. Interesting. 
And Jason, you're not going to watch this, are you? And neither is Sarah, right? Oh, no. But if Sarah makes me, I will. Don't tell Sarah to watch this. I just want to know who it appeals to because it's like they basically took the entire structure of Lost. I mean, like, okay, there's nothing moving in the bushes right now, but, you know, I mean, they're doing each episode as an interrogation so we get to go back and see their life. Like, they did know, a, I mean, There was another show on, uh, I think it was called The Island, or and it was like with an I, with like a lowercase I because it was all a simulation, not spoiling anything because it was like third episode, but it was not great. But I feel like you have to create your island mystery show in order to be a proper streaming network. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about the wilds, though, is it would be better without the mystery element. Just get that out there. Like, just seeing a bunch of teen girls crashed on an yes. island and then they have to survive. That's Make it Lord of the Flies, yeah. Exactly. Yes. But then they had to add a couple of other things to keep people back, and it just doesn't work. And you yeah. saw the the pilot. So so where yeah. are they with the cameras that they're looking at through at the end where they're all standing around the grave? Mm-hmm. Where is that? Where is the camera? I don't I mean, know. That we, really bothered me as well. It also bothered me. This is, uh, again, a spoiler for the end, but... At the end, uh, in this nefarious corporation that's watching it, there's like two people there. It's boxes they've clearly just loaded in the office. And the boss comes in and is like, what's going on? They're like, you have to see this. They found out about our mole or whatever is going on. And even that bothered me because it's like, you had this operation where you clearly crashed some girls on an island and are watching them and nobody is there in the office. What are you doing? You're like, we're a startup that crashes girls. This is our business model. Yeah, or drug them and made them think it was with crashing exactly. girls. I mean, you know, either way, it's not working. Nope. That's so funny. <laughs> All, All right, right well, guys. We're done, right? We're done. Alex. Thanks for so having great. me on. We're so Thanks glad to have. Thanks for Thanks sticking for around for the whole time. We we have so much more for you, but I we appreciate that. Again, that's Alex Dobbin. He decider. Dot com. Dot com. Check Not out all his decided. writings and his ideas and his 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 ramblings. Uh, crazy old Alex protecting Alex uh, Luke Skywalker uh, on the on the in the deserts of uh, Tatooine. All right. Well, until our next episode, then everyone, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith, Alex Albin, love you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. We're